All right. It's on, man. Episode two. How you feeling? So I'm tired from the workout and then walking up those large set of cathedral-like <laughs> steps. Dude, I'm dead. Yeah. I'm dead. Yeah. What did we do today? We did all kinds of leg workouts then. You had me rowing and on the bike and I'm tired, man. <laughs> I had I had aspirations of, of doing other things today, but probably not. We did dumbbell squats. Dumbbell squats. Goblin squats. Yep. Those were killer. Mm-hmm. What else did we do? Uh, the oh, one kick leg bag. kickbacks and then one leg squats, right? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And I'm, then you tried I'm, to have me do some ridiculous thing oh, yeah. at the end, which just, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have had to go to the hospital afterwards. <laughs> Pulse-ups. Yeah, that so, name sounds scary to me. Yeah, it's like basically spreading your legs and then keeping your rear back straight and just pulsing up and down with your leg without it going down to the ground. Pulse-ups. That sounds like the last name of like an 18th century wizard. Like, who's a bad guy. <laughs> just, I don't think I could do those. <laughs> they were crazy. Yeah, my coach does them. And Jesus, man. He gets like really high too. Yeah. With those and yeah. But he's super flexible. I I, I, I aspire to be that flexible. Like yeah. He, he can get his <laughs> knees all the way to his shoulder and just, you know, play on his back the whole time. Uh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, I'm I'm more like I'm as flexible as like I'm gonna say like an alligator maybe. Like I bend. <laughs> But I don't really like. Can I can't roll. really touch my teeth. I can roll, but I can't really like. I can't really go crazy. I don't know. I wonder if that's like a, a thing. Like our big guys, just like our, our taller men, like not as flexible. That might not no. be true. No, I don't know. I never. It all depends on on beard. on just doing the doing the actual work. That's sure. all it is. Yeah. Just do the work and get flexible because I've seen. There's a famous jiu-jitsu fighter, uh, the giraffe, his name is. That's from his well, his, That's not his name. But that, I mean, like, that's his, like, someone gave him that name. Like, you yeah. know, it's serious when you get renamed from the animal kingdom. <laughs> like, you're a serious dude. <laughs> I have a good guy. I mean, oh, my God. He, he is super flexible and super good. So, yeah, it's all about just putting in that work, man. Did you ever see a giraffe fight? Oh, yeah. When, when they... You think they're helpless? Nah. Dude. They, it's like a dinosaur, right? It's like trying to fight a dinosaur. <laughs> they just swing that neck and smack. Yeah. And, and then they kick. Like, if you, you can't survive a kick from a giraffe. Dude. No. Like, maybe an elephant could go, like, toe-to-toe with it. But we, I'm pretty we, sure they're best friends in the animal kingdom. So Elephants are giraffes. My, my son loves tortoise, right? Yeah. We, we have a tortoise... And so for his birthday, we went down to Miami and we went to see these giant Aldabra Tauruses. Mm-hmm. They're like 700 pounds each. And there was two males there. And the whole enclosure is reinforced with two layers of steel and concrete. Because when they just like launched at you, it, it, they, there was this part of the enclosure that is just concrete and it's just cracked and it's like yeah he did that and he says when they're fighting you can hear it throughout the whole park the smack 
They get mad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was under the assumption for decades the Turtles were friends of all people. <laughs> I didn't know they fought like that. They fight. They like we have a little tortoise, right? Uh huh. And and if he ever's like kind of like feels like okay, this is a threat or whatever, he'll like get on his foot, like pull back and yeah. just whack and pull his neck in, so oh. his shell is doing the attacking. So that's what they do. They attack with their shell. They're like a defensive end in football. Leading with the head. And he's like little, right? Like (laughs) imagine now 700 pounds of that just like launching at you. So we saw one that was amazing. Like like cool. We petted. We fed it. You know, we had like a whole VIP tour with him Uh and, and all that. And then the other one came out and he, you know, they were like, yeah, just stay to the side. You can still pet it and all this stuff. He seems fine today. But just stay to the side. Don't let him corner you. Like, if he corners you... <laughs> no. It's <laughs> like, you're leave. It's a tortoise. <laughs> yeah, I'll, you... I'll stand behind yeah. the glass, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, so, you know, do do they have offsprings? Do they mate? Like, you know, and yeah, we used to have a female here. But between the two of them... <laughs> like. She was getting like you know, <laughs> bread like forty times a day, like oh, man. No. <laughs> the whole all day long. It was just like <laughs> we felt bad for her, so we took her away. <laughs> That's Dude, crazy. These like over hundred year old tortoises are still going wild. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, they have to be of the same, like, breed, though, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'll dive Because right. yeah. I've seen, like, documentaries where they're like, <laughs> we don't know you. Like, we're, we're not interested. Sorry. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Dude, tortoises are awesome. They're they're amazing, amazing animals. Aren't they kind of... So, there's a there was a wide variety of the Galapagos Islands, right? Well, the Galapagos Islands is... Yeah, there's probably other ones, but... They're known for the Galapagos tortoise, right? Yeah. There are giant tortoises too. Um, I remember reading somewhere that they, some of them weren't really native there. That pirates and trip traders brought them there on route, right. and then they just established themselves. Same way as where they had the sheep problem in the Galapagos. You ever hear that story? No. So, like, from people from just showing up there, from you know, money they brought sheep to eat the sheep, and then they would leave the sheep and leave the island. So the sheep bred and they started gaining a number. And as you know, sheep clear all fields, forests, they eat everything. And it was like a real problem. Like the turtles, the tortoises couldn't live there anymore. There's a lot of like a lot of the rainforests going away. So they had this um, initiative where they wanted to kill all the sheep off the island because they weren't native native to it. Right. And. All the people that said that they needed the sheep up there said, no, 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 we, we don't want you to kill them. That's cruel. Remove them. So they can't catch a sheep. Like, it's really hard to catch them all. Um, so they literally, like, went around and they would shoot them with, like, uh, I guess, like, a, a medication that kind of, like, inoculates them from ever breeding again, sterilizes them. So there's this dude in a helicopter. His full-time job with a dart gun is to fly around and hit a few sheep. With this touring gun, and it solved the problem. That's um, like in, in Florida, they have like guys going around with little twenty-two rifles. I mean, not, 
It's a freaking rifle, right? Like it's a real. It's a, it's yeah. a weapon. Man. It's a weapon, and 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 shoot iguanas off trees and in neighborhoods. No neighbor, <laughs> like that's completely walking. legal because they're they're infesting, they're they're becoming so infestatious, like they're just taking over, just like the the pythons and stuff. That's crazy. So yeah, but what about all the alligators? Like when I was at Disney World, that I had to take the rental car back. Yeah, and like I walked through instead of like getting an Uber, I just took, it was like a half mile walk through. You the, took an alligator through the long parking lot in Disney World and there was yeah there was like a boat beside the parking lot because it was in the evening and no one was there anymore there was like 25 alligators walking through this moat I was like oh man like I walked to the other side I was like I hope they don't run fast because I'm pretty sure they're fast they're, they're pretty fast and I'm not a great runner and in I, the opposite though animals are native to New York area and all that stuff are now starting to come into the city more, like coyotes. Are they? So there's like people who's coming out of their like brownstone <laughs> Brooklyn house and see a coyote out front. <laughs> wow, because so like growing in the city, like I, there was pigeons. That was yeah. That was nature to me. That's <laughs> nature, right? Yeah, that was nature. There's a great book by Steve Ranella. It, I got. I got to remember. Maybe I have it on my on my on my list here. I'll look it up. But basically, he's talking about like how to raise kids in the wild when, you know, even though you just have, you know, just the city. And he said at some point he lived in New York City, and he would teach his kids like how to catch pigeons and cook it. Cook and, a pigeon? Yeah. I what they Fish like. and. All. I was <laughs> always under the assumption that right? was off limits in the city. The pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's a really good book, but you know, like that. No, no, I, I would feel like Mike Tyson would be watching me if I tried to catch pigeons. <laughs> I, you know, like couldn't beat, beat me up or something. Oh my god! But outdoor kids in an inside world. Great book. Outdoor kids in an inside world. Yeah, I'll check it out. Really, really good. I, I mean, like that's one of the books like that really got me into getting my kids out there and doing more stuff because I I mean I grew up in Paraguay and there's you know we, we used to live in the city but we used to have a country house and on vacation we go to a country house by the river mm -hmm. like no electricity no anything and just live like that mm -hmm. and we would cook and all that stuff but it wasn't really like camping and all that stuff because later on we got electricity we had a fridge but it's still like you lived outside we, we had like sort of like a house it's like it's structure there. So you invented glamping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It, it was glamping. But <laughs> it, 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 we still have that, that house down there. Real? That's yeah. awesome, man. We still have our little childhood home and everything. But it wasn't really like my dad never was like, here's how you hunt or and here's how you, you know, like do stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, it was more of like, you know, let's go and let's swim in the river and kind of get away and. Right, and all that right. stuff and everybody just took care of it but right. my dad never was like let's go hiking or anything there there wasn't any of that so yeah. growing up like my kids i i want them to kind of have that like those skills and in order to teach those skills i had to learn those skills mm. so like this whole thing of me going camping for a week you know and all this stuff like nothing at all hiking 10 miles a day that's all new man <laughs> 
Yeah, like, like I came up in the city, like, I watched YouTube videos of other people camping yeah. and hiking, but, like... <laughs> Literally, that's I'm that's what hunting. I did. I was like, okay, I want to learn how to hunt. I want to yeah. learn how to, you know, do all that stuff. What, you know, what things do I need to buy? Where do I go? And, and I started doing it because I wanted my kids to have those skills. But see, like, you know, like, knife safety. Like, when you said the word knife safety last week, I thought, what, do you just lock it in a drawer? Like that—that's what life, knife safety means to just, me. Just looking out there, there, there's about three knives just sitting on the table. <laughs> oh, nice. I notice them now. <laughs> no one's messing with you, man. It's not that. It's just I don't know, man. Like <laughs> just pocket knives, you know. Like I like yeah. to collect them. Yeah, they're not that big of a deal, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, te- teaching my kids was big for me. I I want them to learn that. Well, it's the point, right? Yeah. So, but growing up in Paraguay was funny. It, it, there's not a lot of us. So when did when did you come to I, live I, in Philadelphia? I came here when I was ten years old. Ten. Okay. So you were. So I always wondered the question when she was like, "Why you have zero Philly accent? Like you were old <laughs> enough to be spared the accent that I am now speaking into this microphone. <laughs> like when you say water, it sounds correct. When I say water, it kind of sounds like. I'm like swimming, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Water. W O O D R. Yeah. Got that Philly stuff. But yeah, I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of us, like, from Paraguay, right? I think you're the first person that I, well, honestly, yeah. at least around here, that I met from Paraguay. So I'll tell you, tell you something funny. Because there's, I, I make a joke, but I'm probably about right on the number here. There's 50 of us in Philly, and I know them all, right? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though, that you know them all. Right? <laughs> so, in, in the whole Philly area, like, you go to, like, New York, and there's a, a city called Flushing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, full, full of Paraguayans, right? Mm-hmm. And and so, Josh from work, do you remember him? Do you know him? Right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 right? So, he put in his two truths and the lie... He's like, I was born in Paraguay, and then I, I, I clicked, like, Psh, no that's way. a lie. Right? I don't know you. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true because I don't know you. That's <laughs> not true because I don't know you, right? <laughs> and then that came up as true, and I, I flipped out. I was like, what? You know, like, that's crazy. So I messaged him. It turns out he, huh? he, he was born there, but he was adopted at an early age, and, and so he lived all his Which life. Which Josh? The one up front. Oh, so there's we have a couple. Okay. I do a couple. Okay, got it. Really? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. So he's a good dude, man. He, he is a good dude. I tell you what, it is refreshing to walk through a door to an office and always be greeted by someone who's positive. Yeah. He's like, "What's up, man? It's a good day today." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's a great guy, man. He's funny. He's a funny dude. I'll have him on the podcast one day. He says. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna start dialing people in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Soon. But yeah, um anyway, so the whole thing of like there's so little of us. There's about seven million Paraguayans, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like the city of Philadelphia, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in Dubai and what I'm going uh in the hotel and my brother sends me a message, he's like, Oh, you're in Dubai? There's a lady who plays the harp in hotels 
in Dubai. And the harp is very traditional Paraguayan mm -hmm. instrument. And she's from Paraguay. And I was like, no kidding. She was just playing the weekend, like <laughs> in my hotel, like lobby. Like I right. just saw her, you yeah. know, and all that stuff. And, and it's like, oh my God, that is so crazy. Like to me, that was like, wow, there's a Paraguayan in Dubai other than me. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing, right? Wow. And they play the harp. Yeah. <laughs> so, of course, with as little population as we have, to me, that's like, you know, mind-blowing. I go to work and I'm telling the story to, you know, one of our core workers who happens to be Indian. And when I get to the part, And she was from Paraguay, right? <laughs> and, and he's completely unfazed. And then it just hit me. Like, for me to see one of my countrymen that I don't know mm -hmm. is a big deal. For him to see one of his countrymen is <laughs> a stone thrown away. So, <laughs> so it's like two billion of them. They're like, yeah. Yeah, they're like they consist of one fourth of the population. Yeah. It's like one out of every four person. It's gonna be any. <laughs> yeah, like, like that, that, that just like killed me because I was like, yeah, yeah, I was super excited. He's completely, oh, yeah, cool. You know, <laughs> that's like you don't understand. Yeah, you don't know, man. <laughs> So what's the story with the uh, Porsche car? Or, oh, yeah. So that's a Lego Technic Porsche RSR. That's a Lego? Yes. Whoa. It's made out of Legos. It's, I think, over 4,500 pieces. That's commitment, bro. Took me about 18 hours to build. And not only that, what you don't see is the engine that you built also. And the engine is linked to the wheels. So when the wheels turn, you can see the pistons of the engines moving in the correct order that an RSR car would. That's crazy. <laughs> Man, I hope you have that hung up securely because with balls, I hope so too. You're gonna have like, you're picking up like 20,000 pieces of Lego if you the There is another one, a GT3, uh, same size, mm -hmm. and it has the transmission and paddle shifters built in. So you can shift the paddle shifters, the little tiny paddle shifters of mm -hmm. the Lego pieces, and it'll shift the gears in the transmission that you build in really? the correct ratio. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> that is really, really cool. I, I, I love it. <laughs> so I get through like halves of Legos. Like if I get like, like whenever I get, even as a kid when I got Legos, they were more like, I mean, I don't know. They, they were more like throwing at my friends. <laughs> And I never got through like a full build. Now, like the baby Legos, I was good with. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I just don't, maybe I don't have the patience or the skill to yeah. really build Legos. Up. I guess that's why I'm really bad at Minecraft too. <laughs> Suck at Minecraft. The My. thing that I wind up building there is this horrific, which, which standard to contract, like contrary to like standard belief, like being a designer, I should be able to do something really cool with Legos. Nope. It's the <laughs> one medium I can't. My, <laughs> My son is really good. Yeah. He, he, if you walk into his room one, 
the whole room is like covered in Lego, you know, things that he built. That's awesome, man. And he'll build stuff like that's in real life. So the first time we went fishing and he caught a bass, Mm -hmm. he, he was like super excited. And then he came home and started from the pieces that he had, just build out the environment that we were on, the water, the fishing pole, the fish. And he even put me on the other side with my phone, like kind of taking a picture of him That's catching awesome. the fish. Like, I'll show it to you later. Uh, the, the, it, it's That's amazing. cool, man. So he has, sounds like he has like artist in him. He does. Like, so like get him some clay, man. Let him go nuts in the garage. Like, yeah, that makes a mess. No, it's there, like a there's, a, there's a limit. <laughs> not going to clay. Not <laughs> like, wet clay. Just regular clay. Not Play-Doh. Play-Doh. Play-Doh gets everywhere. That's not the good clay. Get like regular clay. It's like, it's like I, I'm going to, you know, I'll spike. I'll bring some over next No. Don't do that. <laughs> Dude, you've got a five-pound brick. I'll just like make some. My wife is just going to kick you out. Like, How <laughs> like, dare no you work. bring no things that make here. mess in this house? <laughs> I remember bring... somebody bought a kid with a um, some paint set or something like that. One of those that, that you know, that, that you, you you spin it and then you, you basically put drops of paint. It'll splatter. It'll make it like a cool pattern. And, and, and my wife literally took that and threw it in the trash. <laughs> not even regifting like, it. Nope, nope. So, <laughs> He's not getting that. <laughs> so I, I went to art school. I would paint and sculpt. And it is it is messy. You kind of need a studio or a garage. Um, we have one now. We, yeah. we do. Like my son has two closets. Yeah. So one of them is for his clothes. Yeah. And the other one, we made it into like a nook where they can That's do, cool. you know, all kinds of art projects. Mm-hmm. And my older son like draws and paints like amazing that's great it, you just see like i'll show you yeah i want to check some out because yeah. i grew up doing the same thing yeah. i'm like, reproducing comics that i went to oil painting and sculpting did. and yeah he did comics he does like painting painting that's he, great he does great stuff. yeah i would love to see his his yeah. setup and see his work that's yeah. awesome man that's that's a cool cool thing you know i learned how to paint for the oh. levels was bob ross <laughs> sunday morning happy trees happy. calmest dude and you know what's funny so i grew up and I, maybe this is because it's part of like the character of the person I became I like idolized Bob Ross I thought he was an awesome human being and then like in my early like 40s I was watching him again and I noticed he had one long pinky fingernail and I was like my wife was like look at his coke nail and I was like no that's for like slicing paper for painting she's like no she's like he's from the 70s and he has a long pinky fingernail that's a coke nail and I was like that's okay if Bob has a coke nail. He's he's calm still all the time. So I wonder, like, what is Bob Ross like on cocaine? He <laughs> might be like, does he? Those paint? trees are not very happy. Like, are the trees like have like mohawks and like is the water like really moving fast? I want to like, see those paintings. Yeah, I want to see those ones, right? So that's how that's how I learned how to paint. And when I, when I went into art school, I got into animation. Um, and that all started as a kid where I would just sit down with comic books and trace and then learn how to draw, trace, learn how to draw. And that's what I... That's yeah, how that's I, what I did to trace a yeah. lot and then learn the yeah. lines and all that stuff. And we, I used to do like... Uh, we do like go down and to like the, the art institute. We had classes where it was like a live model and you would just 
learn how to draw a hand, learn how to draw. I'm terrible at portraits. If I draw your portrait right now, you'll be like, get out of my house. <laughs> like, it's terrible. Like, I can't do it. But my mother-in-law is like, she's next level. She's, so I had to learn to be a decent artist. She just was. Like, it just made sense to her to take an image and put it down on 2D on paper or some type of medium. She's really good. I really get, like, at some point, uh, I, I want my son to take, like, real, real art lessons. Because the art lessons that are, like, out there for kids are, like, horrible. They're for kids. Mm-hmm. Where my son, the way that he learns is, like, you teach him one thing and he'll use it. Deep like, I was teaching fair. him, like, shadowing with lines. Mm-hmm. And, and do, like, if the lines are closer together, they create darker, you know, things. If the mm-hmm. lines are farther apart. And he did this tortoise where the shell is like a different circling lines mm-hmm. that create shadows and all this stuff and it's amazing and and like I just told him one time like boom you got it like so like he he needs like the next level up same thing when he started learning french first is like duolingo and everything like that and if we put him in french class with the kids He's going to know it all. And it's like, yeah. there's no point in that. My wife got him into, into the community college. I think he told me that's awesome. He was already and, in college got him, class. Got him to do a college level that's French, awesome. French class. And first she called and they were like, no, we can't accept. It's like, no, you don't understand. Like, he's really good. Like, he'll sit through a two hour class. And, and no, sorry, we can't. Then COVID happens and they had everything online. And so she just signed him up online and it went through. And now he has a certificate from <laughs> the community awesome. college. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, awesome. Uh, he man. took French one and two and all that stuff. <laughs> from, yeah. yeah like, you know, art, art was like in elementary school, art was the one class I paid attention to. Uh, and it served me well because I eventually became a design a UX designer and that was my career for a long time. Um, and it really opened my eyes to like the designs of, this is a book of everyday things, like just the way a door opens is important. Yeah. You don't think it is, but when you're going into an office and you're rattling the door and you feel like an idiot <laughs> in front of people walking by because the door has the same handle on both sides. Yeah. That's... There's a name for that, from. right? I mean... There, there's a name for doors that have, like, kind of like the 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 pull handle when it's supposed to be pushed. It it it, it, it has bi-directional a, door. No, I mean, no, no, no. I no, thought no. of a sling of curse no. words to say about well, the door because yeah. it drives me crazy. Hey Siri, what is the name for a door that has a pull handle but it's actually pushed? Norman doors. You know, don't don't know whether to push or pull. Blame the design. It's you know Norman why? Doors. You know why it's called Norman doors? <laughs> well, we know a Norman, <laughs> <laughs> but not that Norman. Don Norman, I think it's is Don Norman who wrote who wrote many wrote literally wrote the book on usability, coined the term user experience, mm. has a whole yep, bunch yep, of yep, user yep, research, yep. yeah, and and. He, he's the one who like brings that to life. Okay. And and he, he I think he wrote the design of everyday things, maybe. So great books. Great books. But yeah, that, that's Open why it's called and then yeah. 
There's a in the design of everyday things. There's a great passage about usability and button clicking, right? Which is why I always reference like, hey, push the button, man. If the, the words on it and you know what it's going to do, push that button. Yeah. <laughs> so he explains why elevators were designed with the numbers on the button and not next to it, not above it, not below it, or to the sides, right? If it's on the button, you know when you press it, you're going to, if you press 15, you're going to the 15th floor. Yeah. Now, the reason that happened was because uh, I believe at Chernobyl, or it might, it might have Chernobyl or Three Mile Island, the nuclear reactor meltdown happened. And this was Chernobyl because when they did a usability study of the switchboard that controlled the reactor going on and off, there was all these, there was a hundred multicolored buttons and switches and they all had the label on top of the button. So there was some dude in there mashing a button who was filled with anxiety and was, when, when he was, when he clicked it, shut it down, he was turning it up. Right. And it went like, <laughs> it went nuclear, so to speak. But that's like, why? Because the label was above the button and it's unclear in a pressure filled situation, which button belongs to which label. So in the elevators, they were like, hey, let's make it easy. Another interesting usability story about elevators, famous architect builds, and I don't know what building it was, but he builds this giant skyscraper in New York City for hundreds of millions of dollars. All the investors come back and they're like, it's taken forever for people to get, on, get onto the elevators. It's taken like a half hour, 45 minutes to get to the upper floors. People, It's not working. People are pissed. Tenants want to leave. So he goes in there. And he doesn't, he's like, well, there's enough elevators for enough people. Like, I don't understand what's going on. And it was really a usability problem. People were jamming the lobby because they didn't have anything else to distract their attention to. So they weren't like being decent to one another as they loaded themselves into the elevators. They would either pack in or not make the most space use of the space or they wouldn't wait for the next one which is a big thing in an elevator if you ever notice when people are like you know what there's a lot of people that are going to wait for the next one instead of packing in that actually helps more elevators go up and down so he knew that and what he wound up doing was he installed mirrors all around the lobby so this way people would look at themselves sometimes women would refresh their makeup comb their hair men would like straighten their tie and it, just those few seconds of that gave enough time for elevator doors to shut and send people up and you wait for the next one Solve the whole problem with $100 worth of mirrors. That is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I love stories like that. Yeah. There's a, one of my favorite books is a Checklist Manifesto. And it talks about all about checklists and, and how, you know, different uses in different places and, you know, the way to delegate work to people is by creating a checklist of the goals that they need to achieve and all mm -hmm. this stuff. And they just go and say, okay, blah, blah. One of them is the story of the, um, the U one one of the fighter planes. I forgot which one, but basically, in order to run it, they just went through a checklist because it's so complicated how to use. They just went down the list mm -hmm. of a checklist. But yeah, I I love stories like that. <laughs> no, I, I I look at the cockpit of like a fighter jet and like. The way that I think they drive that plane is not the way that it's driven. Same with a helicopter. I was unaware that to, to operate a helicopter, you needed both arms and both, both feet. Legs. Yeah. And, you know, I was over like just a few months ago when my mother-in-law was having her back surgery. We were going in and out of the hospital. And 
Um, we would park in the parking lot, and it was a tight parking lot, and there's a helicopter pad there. And just when I pulled up, this dude comes rolling in in a chopper, like it's a car, parks it. <laughs> not a big deal. Lays it down gently. <laughs> it just Then people come out. They're like, eh, it's windy. It's not a big deal. You know, they grab, they get the patient. They run him into the ER, you know, and the dude's like, signs like a thing, like a... Yeah, I got this. Yeah, I got this. I'm going to go back. <laughs> Takes off, rolls out. Yeah. <laughs> Super cool, man. It was made me think like, take some helicopter lessons maybe. I don't think I should. Drive. I don't think I should drive a helicopter. Even a plane. I've I done plane lessons before. Yeah? I have. Somebody we know has a helicopter license. Who is it? I know Ben had... Ben took lessons. Ben Ben definitely did. Someone, who is it? I think someone on my team like has it and they let it, they just like let it lapse. Because at first when I heard that, I was like, we're flying. <laughs> like, how much does it cost? Where's the airport that we fly out of? We're going on a ride. Like, <laughs> I want to go up with the plane. Dude, yeah. Getting your pilot's license, that's, that's, that's cool as hell. Well, I could take us up there and we could jump out. Right? <laughs> we, could, we could have our own parachuting, you know? I've done, I've done skydiving, but yeah, and, and I don't know. It's it's one of those things that it's like cool, kind of done. <laughs> you want to keep doing it? If I get the opportunity, then yeah. But yeah, it's not one of those things that. The problem with me is, I love to accomplish those things, but once I do them. That's it for me. Jack of all trades, man. Next. No, next. <laughs> next. Right? Yeah. That That's part of it. The mm-hmm. other part of it is that something can cost 20 bucks. And I'll be like, I don't want to spend <laughs> yeah. 20 bucks on that. Yeah. But then something can cost 500 bucks. And I'm and I and yeah, <laughs> and, and if it's something that I'm interested in at the moment, I'm be like, yeah, let's go, buddy. <laughs> so something like that, like you know, jumping out of a plane, it's like oh, 200, 300 bucks. You know, I was like, mm, I don't want to spend that money on that. So I I get like that. That mm. that's the way that I am. But yeah, See, for for me also too, it's like. And I'm going to give, so when I think about it, when I'm like, oh, I want to try skydiving, then I really think about it. I'm like, you're going to pay someone $300 to jump out of a perfectly good plane. <laughs> and you're going to throw yourself at the ground at terminal velocity <laughs> for a thrill. Like, is it worth it? You know, I think that yeah. way. You know? Now they have those, like, um, the tubes. What is it called? What do you mean? <laughs> Which is... Wait, because what you're what you just described, I imagine that you're going to shoot me off the ground. It's yeah, air. yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> really, it, yeah, really, really. It's called like what, what's it called? Sky something. Ah, Nothing sky. new on uh, under the sun, man. All they did was took the dude in the cannon at the circus and turned it straight <laughs> up into the air and started shooting regular folk out of it. No, it's like a big fan <laughs> underneath it. And, and uh, you just, and, I and, thought and, I was getting shot out of a cannon no. this whole time. Man. <laughs> no, so no. Piero goes to that. Yeah? With his son, yeah. And it's cool, man. He gets yeah. it. They get in there. It's, it's really I fly. Cool. I yeah, fly. Yeah. yeah, he has one near his house. I think he went to a couple times. Him and little P went there. He sent me a video. I was like, dude, that looks like a lot of yeah. fun. That, that 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 looks cool, but yeah, other than that, same thing with tattoos. They interest me. I would yeah. want to get some. But at the same time, every time I, I think about it, I'm like, mm, I, got I, a few. I got a few. Wait, 
So let, let's <laughs> they're, all, they're all under the shirt and there's the bunny Jesus. Buddy Jesus, the bunny which Christ. is the funniest. <laughs> I'll get them colored up. back in, you know, like get them touched up. But like I have like a dragon down here and I'm, I always think about getting a sleeve. But then like I'm like, you know, I could get things that are meaningful. And I used to be and still I'm an artist in most respects. Like there's a lot of imagery I would like to represent mm-hmm. on a daily basis. But then I'm like paying five six hundred hours for a lot of pain at the end of the day so i really gotta love what i and that's not always the case that's why i have my name on my leg right like duh. i was like 18 and allowed to get a tattoo i was like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get old english letters that i can barely read i'll put that on my my, my kids man my one daughter she's a lot like me she's like i'll come down the step she was like first off you got your name on your leg and you have skin socks oh my god don't like don't look at them (laughs) don't look at them (laughs) yeah but that's the reason why i don't i don't want tattoos because it's like i don't want to spend the money i also don't want to be perceived as a tough guy that's going to like fight everyone (laughs) and and in a a bad situation like you know what if like something pops off at the acme and like the manager's like go get the tall guy with the tattoos (laughs) he looks like he's going to get into it (laughs) uh my I do jujitsu, right? So, so my coach, he has like the cauliflower ears, mm-hmm. you know, and all this stuff. And he used to train in New York and he used to take the train to New York all the time. Mm-hmm. And he says there's so many stories of people just getting a glimpse of the cauliflower ear and just be like, oh yeah, you're a tough guy? <laughs> you know, like, really? Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on, man. It's like, he's like, I just spent four hours training. I'm like, I don't do this right he's like yeah just had to put a couple crack eggs down <laughs> like it's like nothing world champion yeah. just like yeah just you don't ma- yeah so <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine just trying to like pick a fight with a world champion like, I'm like, look at from his, his perspective like man like i'm just trying to go home right yeah, now like, but like, like ah. so he, he would well, put his hoodie like over his ear so he would hide. Like he should he should have to identify himself as a world champion. <laughs> like he should have like a patch or like a necklace or something that says if you want to get into it, it's very likely you'll be on the ground and possibly hurt. His so last match it ended in like sixty seconds, and the right. only reason that it right. took so long is yeah. because the guy kept running away from him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, he just chased him down like on the floor, and then he got into him. Boom, he'll hug like just like done. You know, like, the whole day he didn't even break a sweat. <laughs> My dad always told me not to mess with the guys that had ears like that. Yeah, and he also told me don't mess with really short guys either. He's like, listen, you're tall like me. He's like, I'm telling you right now. I have never won a fight against a small dude. He's like, they will whip on you. They'll come in fast and close. And your whole thing is reach. He's like, trust me, you don't know how to fight. But when you do, it's all about your reach. Yeah. And he's like, when they get in close and they just bear hug you, it's over. <laughs> it's over for you. <laughs> he's just got to know how to deal with the bear hug now. <laughs> right. Which I don't know how to do. Right? <laughs> many times I lost fights in the schoolyard because some little guy bear hugged me. And I was like, eh, I can't breathe. <laughs> Next time you come over, we'll do our regular workout, and then we'll do, like, a little lesson on jiu-jitsu. All right. <laughs> You'll be flying up in the air. Beat up on a big guy. All right. Yeah. Oh, man. It's fun, man. You should do it. I'm telling you. You should come and do it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against it. I just I don't know where it fits into the schedule yet for jujitsu. You make you make it fit. I know, I know you make it fit. You want the time, you make the time. You make the time. Like I told you, I, I, I told you this last week, I think, we were talking. I do a lot. Like mm-hmm. I feel like I'm a good I'm a good father. I you know, do a lot for the kids. I play chess every day. I do jujitsu, try to work out, get, you know, like basically do my work, don't miss out on that. Mm. And so, like, basically, people are like, oh, how do you have the time? Just make the time. Yeah, and you got five o'clock, basically. So that depends on what we're doing, but it works. Between five and six, you're done, right? I work out every other day, plus coming here, and then I walk the dogs for an hour. That is my moment of zen that, that I never skimp on that. Yesterday, this is how much I don't skimp on walking my dogs. I love doing it so much. And for anyone out there that doesn't have a dog, get a dog and walk it for an hour a day. It will change your life. We got caught in a rainstorm. And, like, we, I go out in inclement weather with the dogs. Like, we were soaked. Mm-hmm. But they were happy. They were like, this is great. You know, yeah. we're nice and cool. Yeah. <laughs> Especially your your husky, right? <laughs> well, you know what the strange part about owning a husky, I never knew. So they have two coats, right? They have an undercoat, an inner coat, an outer coat, right? The outer coat hair follicles are hollow. So like a car with wax on it, the water beads off. Mm. If they stay out long enough in the rain, they get soaked. Then the inner coat gets wet. But it usually doesn't get wet. So that outer coat does two things. It protects them from inclement weather, getting wet. It also protects them from wind. And so their inner coat can insulate them and they can stay out in 20, below 20 degree weather. But also you would think in the summertime, it'd be really tough for them. It keeps the sun off their body. Mm. So like I'll go outside and Maverick, my Husky's out there laying upside down in the sun on a 90 degree day. I'm like, dude, like you you can't be, you're cooking right now. Like you're you, you got to come in. You man. don't even know it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's out there for like 10 minutes and he comes in. He does get hot in the summer, but like. I never knew that. Like I was. That's, that's interesting. That's pretty that. cool, man. That is cool. <laughs> the golden retriever doesn't care. Like he, I have to stop him from doing stuff. He's like, I got your back wherever you go. Anything you do, I'm right here by your They're side. Just love fest. He's he's awesome, man. My husky, like I'll go home, and I will step over him, like when I come in the door. The golden retriever will be like, Oh my god, you're here! <laughs> It'll make a big deal. Husky will be like, Meh. <laughs> Grow, growing up, what kind of pets did you have? Uh, German Shepherds. I always had cat, too. Um, one of the reasons I always liked having a cat, one, I'm just, I'm a pet per animal person. I love animals, all animals. Um, but having cats, while they can be messy and they destroy things with claws, and they serve a very important function in my house, is that I have never had a rodent or a bug issue or anything because they catch everything that comes into the house. Literally. Like, my cats, the one, they were going outside for a little bit. Like, they'll go outside, and then they'll come back in. But, like, they started lining mice up at the front door. There'd be, like, three dead mice in a row. And I'd be like, you know, like, it's like a trophy. Showing off. Like, yeah, like, showing up. Like, that's brutal, guys. Like, Dude, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah. But they're, they're, you know. Yeah, I had a couple dogs. Um... We had a Cocker Spaniel growing up. That was my sister's. I love those. We have, my grandfather had one. Yeah. Uh, and then here we had a pit bull. 
we had a red nose pit bull. Mm-hmm. And the city killed him. Really? He, somebody came up to him and, you know, he, he didn't see him and he turned around and bit the guy. He thought he was, like, sneaking up on him. Yeah. And that was, like, strike one. And apparently they only do strike two because yeah, another time... Um, my mom was letting him in the house and just kind of like let go of the leash thinking mm-hmm. he will just walk into the house like usual. Mm-hmm. And right before he turned around and he saw somebody with a dog mm-hmm. and he went up and like, and the dog started like attacking him. He just, he wanted to play and he's like, yeah, you, you want to go? Let's go. And <laughs> yeah. bit the neck of the other dog and, and you know, he didn't attack the person. But yeah, the city was like, no, he's menace to the city. And in order to fight it, it was going to cost like ridiculous money. Yeah. That's sad, man. Yeah. It's always sad because pit bulls, I know them to be awesome dogs. He was so nice. His name was Chico. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Like, to me, what you just told me is that he has your back. Like, that's all that was happening there, right? Like, like if, if like, if like a person came up, like, and startled me, or like, you know, like he would bite him too. Yeah, like we're like, like <laughs> punch in the face or something, like you know. Yeah, no, we we had this little girl who's you know probably in college now. Jesus, I feel old. Um, <laughs> she, You're she, younger she, than me. You she about? she was uh, no, but I swear this this is like you know eighteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so she she was growing up and she was learning how to walk and so she was grabbing onto things to get up and Chico was around and she saw his balls just like hanging there oh, man. and just grabbed onto them and to, to stand up and he literally just like kind of like like oh, poor Chico like what the hell like not nothing did not hurt her did not bark did not do anything just was like what are you doing you know nicest dog ever yeah, damn. Could be I mean, trusted yeah. with a baby. Like you should have told that story to say, but like people grabbed his yeah, balls no. before and he's fine. <laughs> like, he I didn't do anything, man. Like come on, guys. Like come over and just grab his balls and see what happens. <laughs> like if I let you grab my dog's balls, can we call this quits? Can we call this quits? Yeah. Like this, that's a great test. Like for anybody. <laughs> I don't think he would. I love feel to like say. that should be an option in a court <laughs> like, of law. Like, like for anything. Like if you like who like, who in the city would be like in charge the ball of rapper? <laughs> yeah, like who, who who's probably, the one that's drawing the the short straw there? <laughs> probably on the order of like the jazz mopper, right? Like at at the book the nudie bookstore, the the jazz mopper. The, what is that? What. Oh, did you? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> totally went over my head there. That's what my friends always tease me like, "Oh, he's Roger gonna be a jizz mopper when he grows up." I'm like, no, I'm not gonna be a jizz mopper when I grow up. I'm on regular floors. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, like, like in a food store, <laughs> aspire to be something better. <laughs> I remember having a conversation. What do you want to be when you grow up? Like. This is already your, like, early high school. So you kind of have, like, some sense of who you are. And I was like, I don't know, like, but I want to wear a suit. And whatever I do, I want to wear a suit. And my brother just goes, car salesman wear a suit. You going to be a car salesman? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed like back then it was like, you know, like, oh, you're wearing a suit? You must be important. 
I had that conversation. Now it's like, I don't care what I wear. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't even know where. I don't even think I have a suit, but it hasn't touched me. And... I have many suits. It's just like, <laughs> they're just on one side of the closet that doesn't get touched. <laughs> I don't even take. I don't even like put a collared shirt on for work anymore when I'm on camera. I'm like, you're getting a t-shirt. You're like that's you're, you're getting a Star Wars t-shirt. At at home. I don't put a collar, but if I go to work, yeah. I, well, yeah, I if I go to work, I feel like we're supposed to, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, look, or else, like, I would show up in my flip-flops and <laughs> cargo shorts, you know? This isn't a startup. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a startup. You have to be presentable. I work, as a consultant, I work for startups. Yeah. And, and it was totally that culture of, like, shorts yeah. and flip-flops, and I would still show up with, like, you know, khakis and mm-hmm. color shirt and be like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't, I can't do this. <laughs> and then they, they, they would have ping pong table like in the middle of the, of the, of the right. place. And then I was watching them play, you know, and all this stuff. And one day I'm like, that's it. I'm going to bring my ping pong paddle or I'm going to whoop their ass. <laughs> so I bring my ping pong paddle and you know, I just go, can I play? Yeah. <laughs> Take out. They're like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> they, they just paddle. <laughs> Everyone's going to lose because you brought it. They're like, no, no, no. You, you have to use the house paddle. I was like, all right, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Just whooped him. <laughs> yeah, I was never great at ping pong. I was okay at pool. I got a pool table. I was okay. I mean, it's just like. You want to play? Got a pool table? Yeah, yeah, we can play. We can play. You probably whip on me, but I like I like playing pool. I like it. You probably play a lot. I don't play a lot. I don't play a lot. I have to go to a pool hall to play if I want to play. So you go to downstairs and play. No, I don't. I, so here's the thing. I I that pool table came with the house, mm-hmm. and the only time it's seen a lot of action is when I had we hosted the French kid for a month, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, pool like like." And so he wanted to play pool every day. Mm-hmm. And so every day we would go downstairs and, and play. And like for one month, like I was playing every day. That's it. But like I grew up playing a little bit. And then back in Philly, I used to live in a condo that had pool table in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And every Wednesday, all the old guys would go play pool. And I would join them. I was the only young guy there. It was like all like 80, 90 year old guys who are like shaking. <laughs> but as soon as that cue is like ready to go, it was like whoop, steady, yeah. boom. It's like on the, the money. Like they were good. Yeah. And they taught me like a, a thing or two. Yeah. And so I'm not great, but I can hold my own. Yeah, like, I learned how to like play, but I never got real good at it. My dad used to play darts all the time. He was really good at darts. So I played a lot of darts. American darts. Um, like I little, never got into that. Darts, like, my dad was good, like, to where, like, hit the bullseye, here. Here's three in a row. <laughs> like, he was good in that regard. Like, he was really good. Yeah. My dad was good at, like, the, the sport. Like, he was really good at, like, bowling, pool, darts. Like, he could just... And then we had all those things in, in our house. Set the pool table. But that those were like the kind, and then I, when I started playing ice hockey when I was a kid, that was brand new to to our family. And he was like, "If you're gonna do it, 
Let's do it. And we did. I went, I went all out, man. Ice hockey? Yeah, all out. All, every weekend, 5 a.m. practices every other day. You know, like in the cold rink. Like summertime, walk outside now, I walk into a rink that's like 50 degrees. And play a game, you know. I played roller hockey in Philly. Yeah, I in the park. roller hockey in the park. And then we, when I moved to Harrowtown, I moved to a different city and they had ice hockey as a, one of the sports in high mm. school. And I was like, oh, I want to play ice hockey. And so I was like super pumped about it. And I got like, you know, the brochure for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it was like, just the entry was like $700. To play. Yeah. And I was like, we don't have $700. Yeah. It's expensive to play. It is. So you said Habertown? Yeah. We used to play against them all the time. They're yeah. A very good team. Yeah. One of the cool traditions, and I still have these, that we, we had playing was that your team usually would have a pin of your logo and you would trade it with the other players. So every time you went to a new team, you got a new pin. Um, but well, I used to go up there and play Havertown all the time. We, uh, we were pretty good. It was a good, it was a, it was a good, I played for like 14, 15 years. A lot of injuries though. You don't come out of hockey on skate. No. Especially when you get, when you're 18, you're allowed to punch each other in the face. That was awesome. Because up until then you wear a cage and like a fight is useless, right? Like, cause you can punch in the face a million times. It never touches your actual face. It just hurt, you know, your head kind of bobbles like a bobblehead a little bit. But when you're allowed to start punching each other in the face is when it gets interesting. Because then it matters. You get someone's jersey over their head. And here I was just saying last episode that you're a gentle giant and all that like <laughs> Not Apparently in not. <laughs> in hockey, it was seek and destroy. If you had the puck, I didn't even care that you had it. I just had to make Check sure you. you you weren't on your feet anymore. <laughs> like, against the boards and the boards would rattle. Like it was open air hits and we fights. Fights are in hockey turn the tone of the game. They turn I'll, the I'll tell you a story game. on the ice. So there's a famous MMA fighter who lives nearby. He, he's like, I'll tell you, it's Eddie Alvarez, right? And mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, but like, he's a UFC fighter. Well, he doesn't fight anymore, but he lives nearby and his kid and my kid are in the same grade, same school. Mm-hmm. And I used to organize all the events for you know, the sixth graders. So one day I go, uh, we do an ice hockey, not hockey, I just ice skating, mm-hmm. you know, like, so he comes in, I'm looking at him, and I'm like, he looks familiar. You know, and I knew the kid, because I knew all the kids' name and all that stuff. I was like, hey, where are you, blah, blah, And I was like, yeah, Alvarez, yeah, cool, cool. And he's like, hey, I'm, I'm Eddie, and I'm thinking, Eddie, Eddie Alvarez. Fuck, he's Eddie Alvarez. <laughs> like, I, you know, it didn't hit me until, like, you know, I put the two together. And I'm like, holy shit. And then I was like, okay. But I didn't, you know, like fan out or anything like that. I was like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Um, so later that day, it was like 10 minutes before everything's over and his kid falls on the ice and breaks his leg. And I'm like, crap, I gotta call Eddie Alvarez <laughs> and tell him that 
his son broke his leg on the my watch like yeah. oh man like, <laughs> so i'm trying to like contact them and i'm like oh like you know like it's okay like no, we're calling 911 you know they're they're on their way you know he's rushing over mm-hmm. but yeah like totally cool guy nice nice family nice and everything but that's awesome yeah yeah but, uh, but <laughs> for a second there i'm like uh, what if he pushed uh, you in the face? Like, like, what if what we just do it to my kid? <laughs> <laughs> or what if like, a, a roundhouse kick to the face? Or, yeah, no. Where he hits me in the solar plexus. Yeah, real quick. I don't want that. <laughs> he wouldn't do that. But I, I, you know, for a second there, I was just like, shit. <laughs> but you even see like Mike Tyson messes with people like that all the time. Like, they'll be like, sorry. And he'd be like, it's on. It's <laughs> like, on. Yeah. They'll, like, dance around him. Yeah. And everybody flinches away. Nobody wants to get hit by Mike Tyson. I remember seeing a video of this guy, like, training in front of Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson's trying to give him, like, pointers. And the guy holding the pad is, like, (laughs) flinching at him. Not even, like, throwing the punches. Just just shadow boxing in front of the, 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 the pads. And, and, and the guy is like flinching is like Jesus man <laughs> that's crazy like because <laughs> yeah. Mike closes that he closes that distance and then he's on he's and on and he's, he's here and then it's like whoop he's yep. here and you're like yep. oh and here comes the boat <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would never want to fight Mike Tyson no there's a picture of me beating a cartoon of me beating up Mike Tyson. <laughs> the funny thing is it was a work event. It was, um, uh, they had one of those cartoonists at, at like the picnic and I'm like, and they had the face painting. And so I'm like, I'm going to put the Mike Tyson. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I put the Mike Tyson, you know, like face paint. And then I went to a cartoonist and I was like, can you like draw me like, like, like I'm boxing. And he, he surprised me and drew me like punching Mike Tyson. I can't do that. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my kid. <laughs> so, so would you ever want to fight Mike Tyson? No, <laughs> no. no. That's just a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 uh... we'll, we'll keep it on drawing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it up, 